Nerding out about something can be defined as becoming hyper-focused or attaining a wealth of knowledge about a topic. This is where we park our thoughts about anything really. Gaming, comic, life, those sorts of things. Welcome to the Co-Nerdcast. That's disappointing. <gasps> He's back. All right. Let's just not even acknowledge the fact that we haven't done one of these in over a year. What? It has not been like that two long. Weeks. Two weeks. We are back and ready sure. to get on. <laughs> to all of our tens of people listening out there, hello, I'm Joe. I'm Brock. And I am Lucas. And we yeah. know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> we know who we are. We were just talking about if we knew who you are as well. Um, uh, Pretty sure we know some. We know at least one. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess technically we know three. And if you know who we're talking about, hi to all of you. And have you cleaned up your room yet to one of them? Um, <laughs> today's episode is mind control, the morality behind it, and whether or not we think it's good, evil, or if it depends upon the situation here. Ooh, yeah. Um, so the standard disclaimer, we are just having fun in this discussion. Uh, there could be some minor or major spoilers for certain fictional series, so this is your spoiler alert in advance. Just be cautious on that. We're not trying to, but we're going to be discussing a lot of series and probably jumping around a little bit. Just a wee bit. Yeah, and this is fictional mind control that we're talking about. Uh, we'll hit on other stuff. The real-world we'll, applications. We'll start... Well, well, okay... Let me start let's hit off it with, with this. The, you know, let's hit it with the disclaimer first. Get that no, out no, there. Well, oh, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get that disclaimer out there. Um, if we can be serious for a moment, there are some forms of emotional or mental abuse that, and maybe your own sort of mental health that can be considered coercion of the mind or thought process. You know, things like gaslighting, depression, imposter syndrome. These are all real things that real people experience and can be hurt by. We're not saying that you have to stage an intervention or anything, but please be aware of people, their feelings, and what situation they might be in. And I stress, you should also be aware of yourself. If you have dark thoughts or think you are experiencing anything we are going to be talking about, maybe reach out and talk to someone else about that. I stress that you will find someone you can trust, or I will stress that you should find someone you can trust, uh, trust and someone who is ready to receive what you are talking to them about. This can be more difficult than you think, but mental health is important. And again, we are stressing that we're going to be going over most uh, fictional senses. Uh, it's going to be in fantasy worlds, video games, books, uh, other types of media. But if there is some bleed over into the unfortunate uh, real struggles that people are going through, again, as Joe said, please uh, take that to account that we are not trying to get into in depth. We're not claiming to be professionals in that area, but we would seek if you're having issues to find somebody that is and talk to. Uh, real quick, has have any have either of you been to um, a hypnotist? Like, have you ever seen like a stage hypnotist do their thing? No, See, I, have, I was uh, a part of the show. What? I've never been. No, are you? You're joking, right? You're kidding. No, it was a freshman orientation day at USI 2007. Oh man! Elaborate for us, please. <clears throat> yes, please. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. Be quiet now. See, there's mind control. I don't like being listened into by AI. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The AI, the coercion. No. So um, you you were actually a part of a hypnotist state uh, a, a show, essentially. I was. Yep. Now, what is uh, what's interesting about it? Because a lot of people will say, "Oh, I just can't remember anything." With hypnotism, um, from even the show and what I understood before, and have since kind of had confirmed uh, since that day, is kind of akin to just that purposeful memory loss. Like when you're driving down the road 
And suddenly 30 minutes have passed and you're like, I don't remember what I sang to, or I don't remember making these turns, but I'm here. And you kind of just space out. That's kind of what our, the hypnotist at that show, that's how they described it. Look, it's a purposeful uh, state like that, of going into that state of forgetfulness where it's not that I'm completely taking away, but I'm suggesting and I'm just kind of making you, you know, through my suggestions, I'm making you forget uh, those suggestions in those moments. And suddenly you're just here in the present uh, without much recollection. So it's kind of like selective disassociation. I would say so, a, a, pur- a purposeful and selective disassociation. Not necessarily that you chose, but that you are right. open to through the power of suggestion. And, th- and that being said, I think that you, ha- and the hypnotist also said this, you kind of have to be in the right mindset because he told us, hey, some of you guys will be hypnotized, but some of you won't. It depends on what your mindset is with this. Um, and I remember being on the stage and one of my buddies actually he was asked by the hypnotist, said, hey, uh, he said, you know, if, if you're not going under and I see that, I'll capture the phone and say, hey, go ahead, have a seat. And he did that with several, including one of my friends. Um, and I remember being like, I want to see if I can stave off going into the hip and being hypnotized and going into hypnosis. And honestly, yes, until I said, OK, I want to have fun with this. And then I just stopped trying and just kind of let it happen. Um, and what ended up happening was woke up, at, you know, woke up in my seat back with all my buddies and everybody leaning forward and looking at me expectantly. Um, and then he, and then he made a lone, the hypnotist after talking, like everybody, I remember the people that were up on stage with me, but not like what had happened before. There's that, yeah. that purposeful disassociation of that time frame. Right. And what happened then was the hypnotist, of course, started to make suggestions and suddenly people started doing random things on his cues. Uh, and he made a reference of the Lone Ranger, at which point uh, I jumped up and rode a fake horse into the middle of the stage of several hundred, I'm talking five or actually five or 600 people and reared up on an imaginary horse. And then he said the word and snapped me out of it. And I just kind of waved there and said, bye. Um, because I was back and I remembered, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm uh, not sure why I did this, but that was the suggestion he planted in me. Not true mind control, I would say, but the power of suggestion. Uh, so I wonder if that's can more be like, very powerful. I wonder if that's more of like a lowering of inhibitions combined with, um, like stage performance. You know, how I think if so. You, if you are up in front of somebody, if you're doing something on the it fly, you typically, yeah, you typically do not remember like what you said or what you are doing. And, and, have to have that. and I had uh, I did a lot of theater in high school and I had just right. come from a play that summer. Um, and so I was still doing a lot of uh, stage performances. And so my friends later told me they're like, he just told you to ride a horse like he didn't say pretend jump the horse onto stage and rear up Lone Ranger style and, you know, on center stage. But that's what I did. Um, and I would say that. In a way, uh, it's kind of like you were talking inhibitions, Joe. It's kind of like how yeah. some people, and not in a way I endorse, just right. throwing that out into the disclaimer, but when they uh, are with their friends in a safe environment and they're you know, drinking alcoholic beverages, right. and it's a way to lower those inhibitions and people can right. have more fun. They don't always remember what they did. Right. And so it, it was honestly a state kind of akin to that. Um, so this yeah. actually plays really well into. Uh, into some of the categories that I've kind of been thinking about with uh, mind control, especially in fantasy settings, mm-hmm. you have things like coercion, subjugation, and influence, and right. really for that balance of coercion and influence. Even uh, let's start it off with our favorite book series, The Dresden Files. Right off the bat, <laughs> Molly Carpenter says that she would influence or heighten certain parts or certain personality aspects and lower the like blocks or the chains on uh the breaks for that uh personality to take over if she was going to cause something to happen um so i don't know 
personally, from a personal perspective, whenever I think about mind control, I think about either the Dresden Files, Harry Potter, or Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There, there are other ones out there. I actually took a look and uh, used Wikipedia today. It, it, mind control is all over the freaking place as far as media is like the biggest trope out there. Um, it's one of the easiest tropes to get off like the ground floor. Right. I mean, like it's a it's an easy out in most cases, and like you know. TV or in movies, I say that it's probably an easy out whenever it comes to, you know, trying to get a long-standing, you know, fantasy TV show to get somewhere. You mind control someone. Or at least it yeah. was for a long time. I don't know if they do as much anymore. And that's how, I mean, soap operas or just daytime yeah. TV back in the day. Things like way back, like Matlock, Murder, She Wrote, yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. It'd be like, why did this super nice, wonderful person commit this horrible crime? Because they were hypnotized. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're possessed by demons. That's um, charms, sir. Oh, <laughs> that um, would be a, an issue on charms, which my grandfather is in his top five shows. Well, I mean, it's not. It's, I mean, yeah, all sorts of. Would you say up. it's charming? Okay, let's answer straight up. Yes, uh, tell me straight up: good, bad, or meh. Is Lucas? is mind control good? Is it evil or is it? Meh? Well, I say based. I agree very thoroughly with uh, the laws of magic when it comes to mind control, and with Harry Dresden's synopsis over the whole thing itself, it is generally or most of the time a black magic. So it slowly corrupts your soul and makes you want more of it. It's kind of like a mystical drug. Um, I believe very thoroughly, too, that, you know, mucking around in somebody else's mind or, you know, changing their thoughts or, you know, enslaving, enthralling, subjugating, or coercing someone to do something generally is it's kind of a form of taking someone's free will or changing the power dynamic or just, I guess, taking free will. It's People are meant to have free will. Taking that from someone makes them less than human, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, did any of you guys ever see, or I mean, I, we'll, we'll stay on. Well, I guess no, we'll go off of that thread. Did any of you guys ever see the movie The Island? I think it's called. Who's in it? Uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, Scarlett Johansson. It's where uh, I feel like I have. I gotta look this up now. Clones of people are being bred, and uh, like their age process is heightened. They're basically donor bodies. Um, and if someone in the real world gets hurt and they have a donor body ready for them, the doctors or whatever go in and harvest. The bits and pieces that are necessary for to make the mm-hmm. other people whole. Now, did these bodies start to develop their own consciousness and personalities? Yes. Yes. Ooh, that's questionable. Yes. Uh, Wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I have seen this actually. Yeah. Um, <gasps> Sean Bean's in it. How does he die? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, I think the entire building collapses on him. Actually, there it is. Um. It wouldn't no, be it's, a John it's, Bean it's, death. It's a fascinating movie smashed. because there's because these these clones are children. Oh. For lack of a, for lack of a better term, like they they look like adults, but they okay. are intellectually intellectually they are children. They are advancing very quickly, right? But you know, because they're supposed to, and they're you know they're trained, they're given all of human history, that sort of thing. Um, but. Emotionally, intellectually, that sort of thing, they are children in a lot of ways, shape, or form. But there is a scene where um, Ewan McGregor's character is having a, a diagnostic procedure done to it, and he's like, wow, this really hurts. And Sean Bean's character goes, no, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt you at all. And I don't know if that was more of like a parent saying, this is only going to pinch just a little bit, 
Like downplaying and, the pain? Yeah, downplaying the pain to get them to not think about it. Mm, yeah. But that's starting to get me toward dark thoughts, so let's just go away from there for yeah. a moment. Um, <laughs> I, that, goes, that goes straight into real-world applications. Yeah. Um, I personally feel like mind control is dark, 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 dark gray as far as on the good versus evil scale. Um, I think you have to have a lot of control over it. Like if, like referencing Molly's first act of, you know, mind magic. Um, right. If she would have been, you know, it Harry or a higher level of white council status before she ever attempted that spell, maybe she would have been able to do it without putting, you know, um, Oh, what was his name now? Nelson. Maybe she wouldn't have, you know, scarred Nel or scarred him for life and right. would have been able to keep both of their sanity where it was and still keep them away from drugs. But I, I, I just but don't, would that, too would that still have made it right? Just cause that's she could a, do it better. That's what right. I mean. Like, I think that you could argue that that's a good thing because you know, you're helping them get off of drugs, but so I know our readers are as fascinated with the Dresden files or our listeners are as fascinated with the Dresden files as we are. Let's, talk about another magic series that has uh, mind control in it. Let's talk about the Harry Potter series. Yeah, so. and um, I'm going to jump in. I haven't got to throw no, in mine you, there, but... You, yeah. Sorry, what? No, go ahead. No, you uh, You are kind of like the resident Harry Potter expert as far as... Yeah, I'm going to let you go with that. <laughs> so, my... Like, so... You know, actually, it ties in perfectly because in the point I was going to make about how I feel about uh, mind control, you know, in these worlds, um, it ties in really well with Harry Potter, as Joe was bringing up in this good segue there. But it also ties in with the Dresden file. And a conversation that we have all three had together is that one of the nice things about the universe of the Dresden files is the boundaries or the mechanisms of magic. Like, oh, this person's really powerful. Well, why? Well, there's a metric to measure why they're powerful. Whereas in Harry Potter, everybody just has magic. It's like, well, why is Voldemort more powerful or Dumbledore? Why are they more powerful than Neville Longbottom? Or There's really no, nothing that says it because they all just inherently have magic and they never seem to run out. Whereas in Dresden Files, it's a resource. It's like a stamina, you know, or stamina or, you know, your strength in the real world, there's a place where it ends. So, you know, oh, they have more stamina. They have a larger well of magic. Um, and as much as I love Harry Potter, there are things like that. It doesn't quite get right. But even the Harry Potter universe, one of those things where they make the distinction is mind control. That's one of the three uh, unforgivable curses is the imperious curse, which is complete mind control. And so complete for me, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was a partial or if it was complete. I could not remember. It's, com I mean, people can fight it. You can take a while. But most people are completely controlled. And as Moody, you know, or the imposter for Moody, as he's given that lesson and he's showing through uh, the use of the spiders, of first the, I believe it was first the Imperious Curse, then the Christiatus, and then, you know, Avada Kedavra. Uh, he goes through and shows each one of those. Um, and that he's like, you know, the students are laughing because he's making a spider. He's controlling it and he's making it do all the stuff he wants. And he says, you know, I can make it do anything I want. Drown itself. Throw itself down one of your throats. And that, he's talking about a spider and that gets dark. Mm -hmm. And that was now given the Goblet of Fire was really the first Harry Potter book that got dark. But look at one of the first dark themes that was really introduced. And, and when the series started to get heavier, yeah, it was mind control was part of that theme. And so, so that... Oh, go ahead. So I'm just going to interrupt there because so that kind of falls into that one of those categories I was talking about there. The Imperious Curse feels a lot like subjugation. Mm -hmm. You are subjugating <laughs> that individual. You are completely overriding it. Yeah, now, enthralling he, them. Now, at the same time, we actually saw in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets coercion. Mm-hmm with the 
is it the confundus charm? Was that am I saying that right? Or is um, the befuddlement or whatever whatever the guy uses to rewrite the memories? Oh, so you're thinking the memory charm. I actually thought you were gonna go with Tom Riddle, how he was messing with Jenny Weasley's mind. Because no, she no, no, no. she couldn't remember big stretches. He was controlling her as well. That's that's more of influence, I think. Mm-hmm. But okay, so no, you're thinking Gilderoy Lockhart and the memory charm, Obliviate. Yes. Uh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and how it backfires on him. Yeah. In a big, big way. Um and yeah, so looking at Harry Potter versus Dresden Files, both of them, honestly, they're about kind of taking over control of something that I think should be inviolable. Um, not just your free will and your mind, but in my personal belief of it, it's like, you know, and this is from another book series I've been reading recently or listening to called He Who Fights With Monsters. Um, and the soul should not be violated. It's almost, depending on which series we're looking at, it's almost like a violation of somebody's soul and their free will. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of writers go with the whole idea that um, mind control or anything relating to it is a bad thing Mm because it can so easily go south and you can so easily enthrall someone or change what they're doing and make them do what you want them to do. Okay, I'm going to change it up on you then. We're going to go from those two series into another huge tentpole series out there, Star Wars. Because in the first movie, in <laughs> yep. New Hope, the first thing that you... And I mean, I already hear one of my best friends yelling at me, it's the weak-minded things, but what defines... like Defines a weak will. Yeah, the 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 Jedi mind trick. Being able to say no, or, and I know nobody can actually see my hand move across my camera as if I'm using the Jedi mind trick, but, you know, what defines weak-minded individuals, and is it, because, is it simply a matter of how powerful the Jedi is, or the Force user, I should say? Because you guys might not know it, but the Emperor actually utilized a large uh, mind control power over all of his generals during the battle of the Death Star, the second Death Star. Up until that, up until he started losing the fight with Vader and Luke, you know, the Empire's kicking the rest of our butts. So he was bolstering them with his own, you know, force manipulation. Hmm. But then as soon as he got beat, you know, you see the whole Empire fleet in disarray. And I can already hear Steven yelling at me right now, even though I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. Well, in another way, that actually is very similar to uh if we're gonna jump to another, as you put it, Joe, Tentpole Why series. Not? Because I just see the I just see the correlation um, between uh, Emperor Palpatine and one fallen Maiar, Sauron. Because as soon as Sauron fell, his orcs, his cave trolls, um, any any of his servants, they fled. They lost their will that was driving them. Because it even says at times in those series, like they were driving as if like the very whips of Sauron were behind them. And as soon as they were going, it was the same as in Star Wars, as you were just saying, like, as soon as that one component, that one person that was sending out that if, if we were for the person's conversation control, everybody was just uh, in disarray. And I mean, if, if we're going to talk about that kind of thing, we could also talk about the banner in Dresden Files. It's uh, not technically mind magic, but it kind of goes along with it. When and that was all, more of a calling where it's a calling, he, but the same he put time. it out and they didn't have to answer. Exactly. They didn't have to answer, but it's still in a way like, you know, it changed the way they felt it. It manipulated the way that like for him, it was, you know, a, a calling like, hey, and you can answer the call. But like Mab, for instance, anybody that was on her team, you know, was feeling less of the fear. They mm-hmm. they felt less of that. They they were more eager to fight because they didn't feel the pain. 
like Karen did not hurt anymore. So yeah, she was able I, to keep going. And I feel in that one, because it was more of an invite, because think back to summer night too, when Mab is like, they're calling all of the Fae for each side to war. And Meryl's like, she's calling, but I'm not answering. So they had a choice. And I think that's the difference between those circumstances for me personally is, yeah, they're invited. Now, once you, once you, you know, have your ticket stamped and you accept invite, you're in. And but yeah. you had you're to like sign up them for, over the threshold, right? You're like, mind. I I'm giving you permission to do these things. Yeah. So the question is, in I mean, in the Star Wars movies, though, the Jedi mind trick is always used with a good character against an evil character. Mm-hmm. At, at the very least, I mean, I'm there are 11 billion Star Wars series out there, the right? Cartoon and all sorts. Of yeah, stuff. I'm sure I'm missing a lot of content, but for the most part, I want to say that the um Jedi mind trick is only used by the quote unquote light side of the force. I think it is, yeah. I think that's why it's the Jedi mind trick. I don't think that they. I, I think yeah. that the Sith use something different. I'm trying to remember what it is, though. Well, and it's usually think about like let's just think about uh, like TV shows, but originally the movies. It's usually comic relief. Yeah, like in a moment, like these are not the droids you're looking for. I'm going to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> right, like they're usually moments of comic relief, or just very small. But like, it's not anything that's important or a big moment. But because they're comic relief and the timing and the placement, I mean. I don't know. I remember as a kid once I was like, oh, that's a little bit scary. Like, even I love Jedi, but I was like, that's a little bit scary. I don't think I've ever had that that thought, but I guess I was just taking it for what it was. I guess I don't, or taking the situation as it came and I like never really thought about it that way. But I mean, I, I personally don't know about the Jedi thing. I mean, okay. Personally, if I was in their shoes, I would not use a Jedi mind trick only because one, I don't think I have the kind of focus that would require. And two, it just feels very roundabouty. Yeah. I'm more I, on just going right through the situation. So I just, I just don't know if I would ever want to use that because it, it goes in that whole moral landscape too. It, it feels a little bit backwards to me, but I guess it depends on the situation and what it calls for. Mm-hmm. I, I guess to that extent, I'd almost say that the Jedi mind trick is akin to a judo throw where you are like a redirection. Yeah. Where you are redivert, you're diverting the thought process much like you are blocking a strike a mental block you, kind of thing. You are doing a you are mentally blocking a strike and yeah. sending it in a different direction. Which so, more influence and just but just a nudge like hey in this direction, not yeah right the total control. Right. Your your brain uh, your brain hits a a rock in the path and all of a sudden it goes elsewhere. Yeah. All of a sudden there's another path now. You go down the other path. Kind of like if you walk from one room to another room, you're walking from, say, your bedroom to the kitchen, and you're like, I need to do this. But as soon as you walk through a threshold, all of a sudden you're like, oh, what was I supposed to do again? Pretty much. I I think that might be where it falls. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really looked thoroughly into the Jedi mind trick. It's not something I have enough research on to be able to give a good statement about the morality of that one. Yeah, yeah, I more well versed on Dresden. I mean, my whole thing though is, I still think that it's not necessarily a light side type of thing to do. I have no idea personally. I feel like there was something else that I know of that the Sith could do, but I cannot think of the. Well, the they obviously had something as help that's required. Yeah, yeah. yeah Palpatine, Palpatine was, did, then I, I, I may something. just be out of my water, um, my research there. Because like they they don't call it like Jedi mind control. It's always been the Jedi mind trick. Yeah, right. and trick. but it's... honestly, I would I I'd agree with you, Joe. It's it seems like something that's more out of character for a 
purely light side Jedi. However, a gray Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Obi Wan was always a little more gray than. So that would be I interesting mean, to. Yeah, I mean, especially at that point in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at that point, like when you see it in the first movie, when you tie everything else together, it's more like it was a survival trait at that point. But then in the Return of the Jedi, whenever Luke is saving Han from Jabba's palace, he is full on subjugating yeah. that uh, Twi'lek. Mm-hmm. Or is it Twi'lek? I don't know if it's Twi'lek. I can't my remember friend, what the guy's name is, I, but I think it my is. My friend totally. Steven is yelling right now so hard. <laughs> and he doesn't even know why. He's just sitting at home. Just feels ears burn. He's, <laughs> just, he's sitting at home and he's like screaming out Rage. loud. Yeah. There's a disturbance in the force. I mean, speaking, oh. uh, speaking of Star Wars, though, so I am playing through Fallen Order at the moment. Okay. The first one, or is it the second one? The first one. Yeah, that's that was Fallen Order. And um, one of the force powers that they have in there is kind of a mind reader sort of thing. It's like you can you can sense emotion, or you can. It's a force echo, I guess. You feel what they call it. Yeah, what they call it because I remember that move now, but I cannot remember what it's called. You you pick up on something, which I think is. Pretty. That's like almost. That, that's yeah. It's almost mind control. I guess. It's more of like empathy, or an area. Um. Kind of like a psychic. Yeah, a psychic splash. Yeah, a ripple um, in time, or a uh, oh, what's that called? They have a. There's like a name for it that I'm trying to remember now. Brock, were you yeah. going to say something? I can't remember what um, it was. just something I just had a, a thought on that tied back in to two of the book series we were discussing earlier, uh, Dresden and Harry Potter. Um, and I wanted to pose this to you guys uh, because it's represented in both series uh, love potions. Those are definitely those are dark. Slash those are bad. <laughs> Because when you think about it in Harry Potter, one of the, the you know, Voldemort himself was the result of a love potion, mm-hmm. which not actual love. And look what happened from there, you know, coercion. As soon as Tom Riddle Sr. snapped out of it, he, you know, he left uh, yep. Lord Voldemort's mom. And, um, I, oh, gosh, I can't remember her name right now. Um but uh, it's not Moana. Lo- I don't know why I keep thinking Moana. It is an M because I keep thinking Myrtle, but that's moaning Myrtle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're on a track here. We're on a track, but I can yeah. remember. So it's like when one of us right remembers there. it, when one of us remembers it. Well, see, uh, here's the thing. Someone else out there is probably right now searching on uh, Google and being like, it's this person, idiots. And here, give I'll me a say, second. I'll Google And I'll it. say, hey, that's not nice. We're just three dudes talking to each other from across. The state I remember. Of I remember. Okay. Maropi. Maropi. Yep. Maropi Gaunt. Yep. Marope. Maropi, however you want to say it. But so we, that's yeah, the Harry Potter instance. And then it's in it's not in one of the main dressing books. It's in one of the side stories um, where Harry and Murph catch a dose of love potion from a red core vampire when they are trying to find out what's going on. Now they catch a dose and kind of realize it, but what happened at the beginning. Getting and this is a spoiler again. Sorry for anybody that's reading this. One of the Dresden file short stories. Yeah, but, I know which one you're talking about. I don't. Yeah, but know this one I haven't got any short stories down. I need to do that. So, do you want me to continue then, Luke? I don't want to spoil. Oh, you can it. if you want to. I'm going to get to him eventually, and <clears throat> it's a cursed belt. belt. Yeah, it's a cursed belt that a red court vampire is okay. is behind at a fair in a tunnel of love. Oh, oh nice. Okay, and um. Yeah, there's more to it. I won't give away everything, but uh, they're what they're uh, investigating together is there's been a series of double suicides, and the one that they saw that they saw at the very beginning of the story was a couple that sadly, after closer investigation by Harry and uh, Murph, 
it was a brother and sister that the red court vamp had uh hit them with with the love uh love uh belts or whatever you want to call it from the fairs they somehow got hit with this and they were coerced into being together but as harry saw it some form of them knew that it was wrong and so they ended up taking you know their own lives and they're right i think right there also proves like him that forced coercion and taking away of somebody's will that, you know, we're discussing that mind control. That there's is There's always an, there's always an equal or opposite reaction to the action. And they knew that, that what they were doing was wrong, you know, or that the, the feelings that they had were wrong. And so they yeah. took their own lives and, but yeah, so it's a really, really good one. Uh, and Harry and Murph get a dose of that and they start to realize it. And in the end, they're like, well, we, you know, they kind of always tease, will they, won't they? But Harry and Murphy, like, it's not going to be real if it's under this. So they destroy the artifact and nullify the effects because it would nullify the effects not only on them, but everybody else that had gotten anybody else that had been affected by it. Yeah, everybody else had gotten the whammy, I think, as Harry calls it. The whammy. <laughs> that sounds like something Harry would call it. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, he's like, we got whammy, Murph. You you brought that up. I thought you were going to go with the Stormfront potion. Oh that yeah, Susan drinks. Oh that the. Uh, oh that one too. That one too. That but one. I think. I think even there, he's talking about how it only has a certain, like, lifespan, or it can only be good for a certain amount of time. Right. Yeah, like for Susan, it was only effective while it was in her system because right. you know once she had the second potion and threw up afterward, it like was out of her system. It's gone now. It's not affecting her anymore because you know the magic has left the system or the the <laughs> spell has been broken. There's a whole lot of things that go into the whole thing, but but that that still it. I mean, Bob being hilarious is the one guiding Terry <laughs> to make this potion. Yeah, and it's definitely. For his benefit to make this potion, um, but it's definitely another coercion sort of thing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's so, to in, it's to uh, like the tequila was in there to inhibit the subject right. to make their you know, uh, oh, to, to make, make their them mind more pliable, pliable. Pliable. Thank su- you. Yes. Pliable suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. That like love potions are just a big old co- coercion, and it's like, like that's like the basis of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. many of them have different effects afterward. People feel differently afterward because, like, each one of them, depending on who's making them or what the main basis of the spell is, it's going to have a different effect. And when each person makes it, like Bob, Bob made Harry, you know, <laughs> the one that's definitely going to work. So that no. one was for like a fast wham bam you know kind of situation yeah. like it just and it keep in mind like, bob doesn't have the morals and scruples because as he repeats i don't have a soul but he's you know so he, he's an air spirit yeah he's he doesn't mind doing something like he, that like to him he's like i don't see the point that's wrong with it yeah it, it's just a sketchy thing and bob just bob likes for full so speed long. ahead now we've definitely talked about coercion and influence i want to talk mm-hmm. about subjugation for a little while Justin Dorn is enthralling. Well, like not vampires. Okay, we're gonna. I know you love Dresden Files, Lucas, and I, but I'm going, I am going to. I am going to rip us away from there for okay. just a second. I'm gonna ask you to try and not go directly back to Dresden Files whenever I say this. D and D, but Dracula and his Renfeld. <sighs> That's unfair, Joe. That is un- that is so. Unfair. I know it's unfair. But you know but what? I'm okay, talking about okay. a completely we'll about, different series. We're talking, talking about Bram Stoker. We're yes. talking about Bram Stoker. Well, oh, I thought we were Bram. talking about. I thought we talking about the new movie. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You know what? We can talk about that because that right there is gaslighting and manipulation on the real world scale. Because or if, even um, it goes to the what we do in the shadows. If you guys haven't seen that, oh, that, that was yet. such a good one. Yes, that one too is. Yes. Yep, so there's, that was. There's that one. There's, uh, because it always seems like vampires do not coerce and they do not influence. They, they subjugate. subjugate. Yeah, they they 
break they down a them, person. Yeah. And they make them to where that all they want is them. Right. And, uh, it really is in a lot of media fi- uh, like that's out there that if you are the one that's being mindfully subjugated, you know, coercion and influence, you still appear to be a normal person. Subjugation mm-hmm. always seems to have some kind of also physical aspect along with it. Um, yeah. The a video game series I played a lot of. Uh, oh god! How old have I become? Did you forget um, your series? No, <laughs> no. I know what it is. It's Mass Effect. It's Mass Effect. Okay, yeah. Mass Effect series. Um, the Reapers. The Reapers subjugate people they take them over and turn you know physical bodies into ai automatons or or not even ai just drones yeah really and to me that coercion and influence yeah we're talking like sort of grayish on the spectrum but subjugation the complete subjugation of, you know, an area. Like the complete that, destruction of what a person was. Yeah, that the complete and utter destruction of that will. That is black. That is yeah, absolutely. That is evil. That is Sith. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's why, you know, mind control is so, like, it's so easy to get from a dark gray to a black with it because it's, when you start mucking around with somebody in any way, shape, or form, it's really easy to, you know, want to impose your will more and more. Well, and and uh, Lucas, you already have your restriction, but I can do this. That's why it was so <laughs> rough for Molly when she in the Dresden file. <laughs> that was my point. Thank you. That's that's why Molly, it, because it was a little, but it could have been, you know, it's but and Harry stress that to her. It seems like a little thing now. But, but it could continue down this road. Gonna, and so, and now going away from that, that's in general, no matter what the story is or the, the universe, that's kind of been my feeling about mind control or even suggesting this, in, you know, is it starts out, of, oh, it's just a little thing, but that line can it blur so quickly and then it snowballs and it can run away from the yeah. character or the person. And that's, that's the real worry and, you know, um, I think cause for alarm. It's a, it's a one uh, for power, a control over a person. Once you have that, it's like you have this immense amount of power. You have so much influence over one person. You're like, you know what? I want more. Have mm-hmm. either of you seen the Umbrella Academy? Yeah. No, not yet. I forget which one she is, but there is a character on the Umbrella Academy that has the power of suggestion, quote unquote. Yeah. Or really mm-hmm. it is subjugation. It is subjugation. Like, they, they act like it's they, suggestion, but it's not. And whenever you see like the effect that it had on her, because it it does play into the Dresden Files, I promise, guys. It does play into the Dresden Files, <laughs> because she uses it to make herself a celebrity. Yup. And then her husband, and she tells her husband that she has this ability, and then her husband catches her using it on her child. Oh. I remember. I can't remember what her name is, but I remember that. Yeah, it's that's like yeah. It you just can't. So it's a temptation. That's a drug, right? What we're talking about is like I guess technically we're starting with influence and coercion, and then it becomes subjugation. Exactly, and And that's I think it's slippery slope. You use the influence. To as a tool for coercion to get what you want. And that's, again, part of what they talk about with mind control when people in, and we're just bringing it up, but I, I did want to, at some point I want to come back to uh, Renfield, the Nicolas uh-huh. Cage vampire movie. Yeah, but that one's, I, that's a good point. We should come back to that. Right. But it's, it's a, because I think the reason we keep coming back to Dresden is because they talk about this in depth. They go into and, so much In Harry Potter, it's brought in, but not to the depth and degree that we see in the Dresden universe because and, well, they, because, they even because, talk with the kids, you well, know, when the kid has, I mean, for the Harry Potter series though, it's because Harry Potter is a kid series at heart. Yeah. And yes, who true. wouldn't love 
who wouldn't love to go up to their teacher and say, no, I turned in that homework, and have them believe you? Who wouldn't want to say, no, I've been here the entire time. I didn't break that. I didn't steal that. Who wouldn't want to be able to do that? Yeah, I remember right. And so they somebody... play it off as playful. They play it yeah. off as having no repercussion. Yeah. I don't know it's if they the, it's play a what it if. off. Because with them, it is that it's one of the three only spells where like you shouldn't no. do this. The, the Confundus Charm and the Obliviate. Okay, so Confundus um, and Obliviate. Well, Obliviate, not as much, because people are not what? happy about that. But Confundus, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he literally goes around rewriting people's memories of events so that he can become a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Which is highly in, illegal. In the, oh. last, in the last... In the last book, <clears throat> Deathly Hollows, they talk about how Ron had to use the Confundus charm Chum. on his driving instructor so that he could pass his driving test. Yep. <clears throat> I'm sitting here going like, fair warning, I am currently teaching my elder son how to drive. Okay? <laughs> I'm currently teaching my elder son how to drive. I can't imagine him looking at me and being like, forget everything that just happened right now, please. I can drive just fine. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, what happens if there is an accident? What happens yeah. if, if, if it builds you up. do? It just... Yeah. It so just, it's let's getting throw this bigger. further into the Harry Potter universe then, because I was thinking this as you were about, as you brought that up, Joe, I was, I was thinking of different instances but here's the commonality between the, the uh, example you just brought up and where my mind was going uh, at the same time was there's a common denominator between your instance and what I'm thinking of that makes it in the Harry Potter universe okay that they use the Confundus charm in these cases. Okay. And I, I think it's kind of shady to talk about because right. it's a wizard doing it to a muggle. Ah, uh, Yes. Because the, the other magic should apply to them. Well, because their big one is not the Imperius curse, but they're like, well, light suggestions. Okay. Cause Hey, maybe they're nerds too. And they're like, it's basically a Jedi mind trick. Right. I mean, come on. But like you said, Joe, they play, you're right. They do like, cause I was thinking Imperius curse, which they're very serious about in that ser- uh, that world. But the Confundus charm, no. And obliviate memory charms, even not as much because how many times uh, in the series, the are they like something? the magic got out, and the ministry themselves are like obliviate, obliviate, obliviate. <laughs> They're slinging okay. it everywhere. But the world must your, forget what it saw. The one thing, the one issue I have with that, the one issue that I have with your defense right there, Gilderoy Lockhart uses the Confundus charm mm-hmm. on other wizards. He does. To make himself better. Mm-hmm. So, I've, I remember he's that now, definitely yeah. drifted into that dark side, using it for early. nefarious purposes. Well, so, I'm I'm actually not saying that in defense of the wizards. Okay, I'm I'm he saying was that bringing because up, like, I'm like what they use it for. Right, I'm like that's because I agree with with Lockhart against other wizards. Yeah. Bad, but it seems like in the Harry Potter universe, they're like it's a double standard. It's like, oh, he did this against wizards, bad. But against muggles, they're like, well, it's okay. Yeah, they're not supposed to know about Secrecy of magic, but it's like, you could still do damage. Um, It happens. Yeah. I mean... So that was a little lighthearted there. And... But if it's against muggles in that universe, like, it seems to be okay. Because Confundus. Therein lies the whole... uh, Harry Potter is just a retelling of Star Wars. Because Uh, what do you you use uh, the Jedi mind trick on? Weak-willed individuals. Yep. yep, Who was it? There's the comedian or somebody that said that uh, JK just made Star or uh, yeah, Harry Potter's yeah, just Star I know, Wars. I know exactly what you're talking about. Tell me about this. You have an orphan who goes to live with his aunt and uncle against their wishes. He gets taught by a magic wizard. <laughs> I didn't even and think he gets taught by an older wizard. Yeah, he gets taken by one wizard and then taken to another slightly older wizard who is Who's high um, all yeah. the time. Yeah, who is um, high all the time. <laughs> um, no, so. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, yeah, oh, but, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I've learned something new today. 
anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's I, interesting. I, I kind of I I don't know, dear listeners. You guys are going to uh, need to either message, email, do whatever to tell us about what you think because I think we're kind of we've hit a stalemate. Well, I kind of feel like we're there's definitely not a lot of light. No, with, there isn't. General um, consensus: bad, dark, yes. dark, dark gray. If anything, yeah, it's it's yeah, so close to the line that it's hard to see a light side of. Yeah, but it's it's control. very easy to make that switch to. Okay, this is now black. I yeah. I would just call it mind manipulation, honestly, because mind control it, it's mind manipulation just because it goes from you know, subjugation. It it go it right. all ends up at subjugation. Usually, usually, not all. And I think that's that's the ultimate dark form is subjugation yeah the complete take like destruction of the soul the person the as mind, they mind or like even their body to a degree because they lose control of their autonomy yeah, yeah. that would be the imperious curse in harry potter in appearance in harry potter um yeah the renfields and dresden files for sure or thralls no, thralls of any thralls. kind Enthralling of any kind. Of any really. kind. <laughs> because think uh, about, uh, that's what Dumoren was trying to do to Harry and Elaine. Well, he did and Elaine, Elaine was enthralled. Right. She was so, enthralled and she remembered it, but she couldn't do anything about it. So let me bring it back to the three categories then. My three categories I had were coercion, subjugation, and influence. Mm-hmm. Coercion. We all agree that gray. subjugation, bad. Black. Absolutely like, horrible. There is no coming yep. back. There, <clears throat> there, That is the the drug that once you get a taste of it, you're going to want more. Yep. The victim, of, yeah, the victim may not recover, and the person, the perpetrator of it, probably is down just as bad a they're path gone. and won't recover yeah, themselves. They've, Regardless they've, of what they are using it for. Yep. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like you might have done it for good reasons in the beginning. Again, Molly, you know, but, but it's ended up at the <clears throat> complete dark. Coercion yep. is sort of. <clears throat> I would kind almost of say like the gray. middle of the dark gray to black area. Yeah. Because yeah. like yeah, we've it's just I mean sometimes when it, sometimes people don't take no for an answer. Yeah. In real life. And they just make you go along with it regardless of whether or not you want to go along with yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, th- and then the influence play. So, like, the least dark level is the influence, right? But then that that flows to coercion, which then flows inevitably down that track to subjugation. Yep. Um, and I would like to throw out a more lighthearted real world example of influence. Right. So you guys think of that? But let's talk about really solid advertising and marketing, because in a Dr. way, Squatch soap. It's influence. Or think about like when they used to say in an advertisement, like in a movie theater, when suddenly like we wouldn't register it visually, but boop, hey, look, it just for a split millisecond had a, a picture of a Coke. Yeah. And that's in that's so that is it influence? Is it suggestion? Because they are influencing, I think, through suggestion is how I would term it. Look, they have how social media influencers. Together. They've got people who are meant to make you think towards a certain subject or feel certain ways towards certain things or, Mm. you know, influence the way that people see things and view suggestions to. And I wouldn't term those things necessarily mind control. Those are true. Kind of like, kind of like I said with the hypnotist at the end, like you had to be, your mind had to be kind of open. You have to be willing to go towards it. Like, Hey, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to play along with this, but if you're not, that's where like, it's pure suggestion. Yeah. Suggestion. Yeah. And that, that'd be like right above the, the grayscale we're working on with all this, Mm -hmm. but it's like, there's, there's less control involved with that. I don't know. I don't like it. It's all bad. It's all bad, guys. It's all bad. But with, you don't are you you don't like advertising, or are we now going to go on? I don't like advertising. <laughs> no, I no, I, I I think that advertising in general is bad because I I look at it like this: there's advertisements that are funny that make you like a product. Think of like 
Lucas, you might be a little bit younger. Remember this, but Mini Cooper had a brilliant series of guerrilla advertising in the <laughs> early 2000s, where like you would see something, it'd be like a giant box, like you'd see like a, a larger refrigerator box, and on it it'd be like because they were trying to highlight how small their cars were, but it was still a car, and so like it would be thrown into like a street alleyway next to the dumpster, and it would be like Mini Cooper, like official <laughs> packaging for the car. That's yeah. kind of cool. Like they have stuff like that. Like I like, I enjoy advertising that's fun or kind of goofy like that, but there is some advertising or, you know, some other stuff that's more suggestive or in, trying to influence in a direction that Very I forceful. would not, yeah, that I would not appreciate. And any, it might be the ADHD in me, but anytime that something tries to be more forceful, I'm like you could do that because I'm instead like, well, I'm not going to do that. Exactly. <laughs> well, so let me, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and, uh, go off on another real world tangent then please um because we are about to enter into another election year mm. and if uh-huh. you want to be elected at the local level you have to go talk to people you have to get out there and say hi to them and not be on the phone, like not be on the radio, not be on TV, not do anything along those lines, because it's much harder to say no to somebody that you've met and made yeah. a connection with mm-hmm. than it is to do it to someone, somebody off that is on the radio or the television. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter how much money you spend on those mm-hmm. television spots or radio spots. But if you make that personal connection and, you know, as humans, we still crave that personal connection as highly evolved as we have become. We want to belong to something. And if someone gives us that littlest of branch to cling on to, that little bit, that littlest bit of leadership to cling on to, then we do join their banner. Mm-hmm. Coercion influence really ah, okay i think that's a great place for us to end tonight we may have to pick this up next time. that's a ca- <laughs> on a <laughs> cautionary note about yeah, the next year of our lives yeah. no i mean um, I, you guys i this be knowledgeable. this is what i nerd out about is politics i, I can yeah, talk your ear off about uh, I can talk your ear off about presidential approval ratings. In fact, we have a podcast about that if you haven't listened to it. I can talk your ear off about my opinions on the Electoral College, but I don't want to be nerdy about that. I want to be nerdy about fun stuff, and that's why we do what we do. Yeah, and I... And... I Sorry, go ahead, Lucas. No, I was just going to say, like, I'm, I'm on a little bit less of that. I just... Yeah, I stay away from the news anymore just because um, for me it's just, there's so much I'm going to manipulation way, that goes on with politics in general that it's just it's not my thing. It's I don't like, like having a thing. You need to educate yourself like it's I love being prepared and being informed, but you have to almost insulate yourself at times because yeah. I love the facts. Like I'm I'm with right. you like I'm not as in depth, but I love knowing what's going on, being informed and being able yes. to talk about this stuff. However, it can get to be exhausting mentally. It can for me. consume you. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to go down too much of negative rabbit holes uh, when that happens. So, yeah. yeah, for me, there's that layer of insulation that, honestly, I've had to learn over the last couple of election cycles. It's um, a big thing to learn, and it's always super helpful. I would um, say I would love to go to D.C. with both of you gentlemen. I think that we would have a great time nerding out over everything. There. Architecture. <laughs> I'll go for the architecture. I got Arch- architecture all day long. Architecture, all oh. the museums, the the museum, the new uh, the new station there, the new building should be up and running. Yeah, I, I think that'd be fantastic because there's a lot of history there that I'm we've a got big fan of. And on that note, yeah, this has been the Co Nerdcast. I'm Joe. I'm Brock. And I'm Lucas. We'll catch you again, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Let's yes. try to get back on Let's it. shoot for that. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, if you have suggestions, be sure to drop them off at codenerdcast at gmail.com or look us up on the social medias wherever you can find us. Um, 
and we will catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you would like to comment, ask a question, or just say hey, you can do so by dropping us an email at conerdcast at gmail.com.